But we're here we are, and we've been doing the series called His Story, His Story, My Story. I was thinking, what's the name of the series? His Story, My Story. And we've been going for the last two months, and it's been, this series, it's a play on words, history, His Story. His story, my story, and it's about ordinary people with extraordinary stories. And I don't know, I've been so blessed hearing so many uh, people's story over the last few uh, months that were just people's testimony and sharing how much God has changed. This series really is about that, uh, that God is inviting you to be part of His story, that every single one of you has a story. You've been called for such a time as this. And I thought of a fitting way to round off this story was to tell Hamilton Elam's story. Right? We all love a good origin story. So today I'm, I'm going to share with you the Hamilton Elam origin story. So if you're wondering where does the strange word Elam come from, where does it all start? Well, the Elam church is as part of it's a, it's a Pentecostal church. And way back in 1904, in a country called Wales, the, uh, the Welsh revival began and God began to move amongst the churches Things were happening, and, and in America, a year later, on Sousa Street, um, in America, um, God was moving, and the Pentecostal movement began to, to be formed across the globe. And here in Aotearoa, um, there were sporadic churches that were, were Pentecostal churches, but nothing was organized. Not until 1922, when the, the um, British evangelist Smith Wigglesworth, anybody heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Well, he, he uh, visited these shores, and that's when the Pentecostal churches began to get organized. And then in 1924, the Pentecostal, the Pentecostal Church of New Zealand was formed. It was born in 1924, the very first Pentecostal movement organized, organizing churches, uh, was formed back in 1924. That's really when the story of the Pentecostal churches began here in Aotearoa. And from this movement here in here in Aotearoa, other movements were planted and, and other, other offshoots started to happen. And, and one of the first offshoots that happened from this, the Pentecostal churches of New Zealand was the Assembly of Gods, the AOG. They, 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 they plant out of this movement. And, and as um, the movement continued on, and then, then later on, the Apostolic Churches, to today they changed the name to the, the Acts Movement, uh, just because overseas, the Apostolic Church has a, di- has a different kind of meaning. So it's the Acts movement. You probably more know them as, here in Hamilton, Activate Church. And if you're familiar with Auckland, it's the Equippers Church. So that's, that's that movement. And it, and it came out of this original movement. And then later on, the New Life movement also was planted out of this one movement. So all these, all these movements, they're, they're all related, come from the same place, from the same string, out of the Pentecostal Church of New Zealand movement, the PCNZ. Then in 1953, what happens is that, that the PCNZ, they begin to affiliate themselves with a movement in the UK. And this movement was called the Elam Movement of the UK. And so in 1953, the PCNZ, Pentecostal Churches of New Zealand, changes their name. And they change their name to the New Zealand, uh, New Zealand sorry, the Elam Churches of New Zealand. That's the name change. And, and so all these other movements, they're, they're kind of, we're all kind of cousin movements in New Zealand. But so the Elam movement is the oldest movement, Pentecostal movement, in New Zealand. And so this is where it formed. But then in 1959, when 1959 comes around, there's only like four Elam churches around. That's all that's left, okay, after all the other movements kind of separated and split. And so you had the Wellington Elam Church, which was planted in 1922, and you had the 
the, the second Elam church was, was Blenheim. Then you had Christchurch Elam and then Nelson Elam. And this is 1959. Then in 1961, an historic moment. An historic moment. In fact, New Zealand stopped. Held its breath. That on the 21st of June, 1961, the Star of Hope mission, led by Pastor Ron and Nolene, Nolene Ball, joined the Elam movement. And Hamilton Elam was born. And it became the fifth Elam church. So we're number five. So today there's over 38 Elam churches across the country. And in, in, in the UK, there's well over 500. Across the world, there's thousands of the Elam network global. And that's a brief history of, of the movement here in New Zealand. So let's have a look a bit deeper at uh, Hamilton Elam's origin story. So yes, in 1961, first pastors, um, Les and, and Nolene. But this is where the church was based. It was, it was first located on Ross Trevor Street in 1961. So behind me is a picture of Ross Trevor Street in 1960, right here in the middle, in the heart of the uh, CBD in Hamilton. And way at the back, when you see this kind of a white building, the white building way in the back, that's the Founders Theatre, newly opened the newly opened Founders Theatre, all the way at the back. And this is where the very first... Oh, yeah, and also, by the way, uh, Southkirk Street has a name change. Uh, it's now called... Um, oh, gee, I've got... What's that street in Hamilton where the uh, medical centre is? Uh, it's heading towards Pack and Save? Anglesey Street. There you go. Oh, I was looking for Hamiltonians in here. So, uh, so Southkirk Street changes its name to Anglesey Street. And so that's, that's the kind of change. Yeah, there you go. This, and this, this is where we're based. So the original pastors, the first pastor, then 1963 comes around, and, and, and Ross Trevor Street becomes really industrial. And so the pastors at that time say, oh, look, this is getting really industrial. Who would want to put a church in an industrial area? Um, that's crazy, so, which is kind of ironic where we are today. And so then they, they sell up their building in Ross Trevor Street, and then they, they purchase land and begin building in the newly developed area called Malville, brand new community uh, in Hamilton. And so they build this home, and in 1965, they move into their brand new building on Mahoe Street. And here's a picture of Mahoe Street, 1965, and this is where they move into. And now they're back in the suburbs. In fact, today, um, the Salmon AOG Church now has that building. So if you go to Malville, you go to Mahoe Street, Salmon AOG, Assemblies of God, then now this is where they have their church. That's 1965. And so, um, and so then the, the, the next lot of pastors who will take over from Pastor Don, uh, Ron, and Nolene is Pastors Don and Margaret Hemingway. So when we first come to this church, they were still members of this church, this amazing couple. Pastor Don has gone to be with the Lord, and Pastor Margaret Hemingway, she lives in Arrowtown. So me and Portal, we've made it, because she's one of our founding pastors, we've decided that we'll visit her Try to visit, I try at least every year, so we, have to, so we have to go all the way to Arrowtown and hang out in Queenstown, oh my gosh. But we're doing that for you on your behalf, and so we're going to suffer for Jesus every year down in Queenstown, Arrowtown, and Wanaka, and anyway. And so she is going really well, uh, Margaret Hemingway, and she always sends, when we visit her, she always sends her best well wishes to everyone here. Then 1972, we had Pastor Henry and Kath Ogier, here they are. These are the OGs. There they go. <laughs> and then in 1975, we had Pastor Les and Isabel Kovic. And, and, we, and uh, I, call, I kind of call these the golden era because this is, this is um, a lot of things started to happen. In fact, when they took over, uh, in fact, they brought along with them uh, Gavin and Kathy Rush. And Kathy Rush is still part of our church today. Is Kathy Rush here? 
today. I feel sore around it, but she was here. I saw her. She must have been the first service, and she's still part of our service today. And during that time, church it just it just exploded and started to grow and grow. And Mahoe Street became too small, so in 1980 they moved and bought a new building um, on Corfi Street, 15 Corfi Street. And this is the building. In fact, when me and Portal first came to Elam Church, it was in this building. Back in 2004, when we first came, it was in this building. Back in 2004, this is where we found Elam in that building. So under Pastor uh, Les and Isabel Kovic, uh, they saw many churches planted out, uh, and supported out of this, this church. And they, they, they planted and supported Pairo Elam, Tokoroa Elam, Morrinsville Elam, Chartwell Elam. That's right, there was a Chartwell Elam for 10 years in Hamilton as well. Uh, Cambridge Elam and Hastings Elam. Amazing couple, amazing couple, uh, Pastor Les and Nolan. And they're, they're the longest serving senior pastors of this church. Then in 1989, we had John and Ngari Booth, Pastor John and Ngari Booth. In fact, when we first come to this church, this amazing couple, they adopted me and Porto and our family, and they were kind of like grandparents to us, and they were always dropping off eggs and making sure we were okay and things like that, and um, gave me the old furniture and things, <laughs> the old fridge. Yeah, we'll take your fridge. So uh, they really looked after us, uh, took us under their wings, and a few years ago, uh, Pastor John went to be with the Lord, and just last month, Ngari um, is, is celebrating with Jesus right now in heaven as well. We celebrated her life just um, last month as well. Then in 1991, you had Martin and Wendy Baker. Amazing couple. And oh, I'll tell you what, they, were, they started run, running multi-services. In fact, they even had, uh, you, if you're, uh, you spoke Mandarin, you, you put headsets on, he'll be preaching. Someone will be translating in Mandarin. Um, that's with um, these guys. And then... In 1998, we had Rodney and Jean Francis in 1998. Then 1999, Alex and Lisa Sneary briefly took hold of, of, um, as pastors here. Then in 2000, we had David and Heather Borland. He, he was Scottish from America, and he's now back in America, and he, and he teaches in a seminary um, education place back in America. That's uh, David Heather. And then in 2002, an amazing couple um, dear to our heart, Pastor Bob and Margaret Lawson, came to, these, uh, to, uh, to Hamilton Elam. So when we first come to Elam, they were the senior pastors, and, and, they, uh, and we still see them as our senior pastors. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Margaret um, went to be with the Lord, and so uh, Puru was there. I was in Rara. I, I missed it, but I was able to watch online uh, in the Cook Islands, uh, Pastor Margaret's celebration of her life there. Pastor Bob, so we still see Pastor Bob as our senior pastors. And it was, it was the vision of Pastor Bob and Pastor Margaret, it was their vision to see uh, Elam move from Corfi Street to this current venue. And this is, what it used to, this is what this venue looked like when we first moved there back in 2006, right? 2006, it reminded me of an aircraft uh, hangar. You park your plane in there. And see all the buildings around it? There was no buildings around it. This is what it looked like when we first came here. And this is, of course, what it looks like today. Well, we've got you. There we go. Well done. Give Pastor Bob, Pastor Margaret. Amazing vision. And, uh, of course... What a journey. Now we're back in an industrial area. And by what's Pastor Bob and Margaret's uh, vision to see uh, Hamilton Elam taken out of, hidden away in the suburbs and brought them in, the, in, in public where everyone can, where Elam can be seen by everyone. And that was their vision. And then 2012, where the, um, Andrew and Julie became senior pastors. So where Pastor Bob, I saw him as a father figure to me, Pastor Andrew was like that brother that always got you in trouble. Okay, <laughs> that's how Pastor Andrew, and so we had a lot of fun, and, um, and um, he was hilarious. Um, and then um, when they stepped down, and 
um, started to move on to other things, the Elam New Zealand, they wanted to put the best pastors to take over them. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it, so they got us instead. So uh, here we are. <laughs> so here we are. And did you know that we, in the 61 years history of Hamilton Elam, we are the 12th lot of senior pastors. The 12th. We're number 12. We round off the, the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 disciples. That's who we are. We're number 12. That's right. I'm not sure if that means that we are going to be here forever, which means we're going to have a long life, I'm expecting. So here we go. And that's us. And that's our history here. Uh, for, this, is, this, this is the original uh, origin story. But, uh, but where does Elam come from? Right? You saw our history. But where, this name, Elam, it's, it's a strange name, strange word, Elam. Uh, I've heard these people try to say, Elam. Uh, is it Elam Church? Yeah, Elam. You just say Elam. That's fine. Where does it come from? Well, it comes straight out of our Bibles. So let's have a look at the origin story even further back. So you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. And this is where we find the story, taken up in verse 22. This is what it says. Then Moses made Israel set up from the Red Sea. So remember, Israel had been in captivity for nearly 400 years in Egypt. God delivers his people and he uses Moses and they have to cross through the Red Sea to get out of uh, captivity into freedom. And this is where the story picks up. So they just come out of the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. You know what it's like? If, if you've been walking through a desert, you're carrying as much water as you can. Three days have gone by, still no water. Your supplies are getting lower and lower. And that's when desperation begins to set in. So you can imagine the people walking through the desert, walk through the Red Sea. Now no water. Desperation is happening. Verse 23, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. So now they find water. They get there. They can't even drink it. In desperation, they're desperate. You ever been desperate for something before? So close, but yet you can't touch it. You can't, it's right there, but, but you can't even drink it. And this is what the, what the people are saying in verse 24. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So Moses, he cries to Yahweh. He turns to Yahweh. And it's a good picture for us. When you find yourself in dis desperation, it's a good thing to cry to the Lord who has all the answers. To the Lord who will never leave you nor forsake you. When you find yourself in dis desperation, he's the one we need to turn to. So he turns to Yahweh. And the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. In the Bible, whenever we read about the sea or the wilderness, desert, it always represents chaos. The sea represents chaos, which is why in Revelation, when Revelation is talking about a new heaven and new earth, and Revelation says, and there will be no sea. And if you're a surfer, you'll think, what? There's no waves? If you like fishing, what? There's no sea? Well, the sea uh, means chaos. So in Revelation, it's talking there'll be no chaos. In the new heaven and earth, there'll be no chaos. And this is what it's talking about. So God, God delivers Israel from captivity. And because chaos, the sea and, and the wilderness and desert represents chaos. It represents the realm of the dead. It represents the underworld. So God delivers his people through chaos, through the realm of the dead, through the underworld, and he leads them through the desert, and he protects them, and he feeds them, and he gives them water, and he leads them to a place of, of salvation, and he leads them to a place of a, of a garden like Eden, 
the Garden of Eden. And we come to verse 27. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water. And Pastor Anson Paul will be the 12th set of pastors of Hamilton Elam. Oh, no, that's, that's not what it says. Oh, they realize we're prophesied in the Bible here. There we go. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. And they encamped there by the water. And we're reading that story and we think, wow, that's a nice little story. But this is a powerful verse in the Bible. It's a prophetic verse in the Bible. And we miss it because we don't understand the symbolism in the story. And, we don't, and we're not ancient Israelites. And we don't read ancient Hebrew. So we miss a lot of what is packed into this one verse. So who's ready to get into this little powerful verse? This is where the Elam movement centers itself around where, 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 where Elam is this, this place of refreshment, this oasis in the middle of the desert where, where life can be like a desert, can be this continuous cycle of, of wake up, eat food, go to work, go home, go to sleep, get up and do it all over again. And it can seem we can be stuck in this, this cycle and we can get to a place of desperation. You ever been, when we, we've all been in desperation before. This is what, what Elam is centered around. Until you come to a place and we believe that your life can be transformed through the life of Jesus Christ. And that's the essence of the Elam movement, a place of refreshment, a place of restoration, an oasis in the desert of life. But this verse is much, much more deeper than that. And it's much more beautiful than that. And if, if, you, if you can just have a little time and as I begin to get deeper on that, there's richness, richness in this verse and you will not leave disappointed. Because right from the beginning, when God created the, the universe, when God created the world, He created humanity. He create, creates humanity. He creates people. And He wants His people to dwell with Him and He with His people. So He places humanity in a well-watered garden called the Garden of Eden. Because this is God's plan. This is, his, this is His desire that His people, His family will dwell with Him. This is God's desire. Did you know this is desire for you? His desire for you is for you to dwell with Him and He with you. And this was, his, this was, this was, this was plan A until humanity ruins this by rebelling against God and say, well, God, thank you for placing me in this garden. Thank you for all the things I have. But you know what? I'm going to decide for myself what is good and evil in my own eyes. And I'm not going to trust in what you think. I'm going to trust in me. And, and, and humanity takes bite of the fruit and they begin to decide what is good and evil in our own eyes. Don't we do that of our life today? Don't you tell me what to do. Well, the government's not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to tell me. And certainly not God's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to decide for myself what is good and evil in my own eyes, and I'll continue to take the fruit and not trust in God. And humanity turns their back on God. But what I love about God is that God never turns his back on you. He never turns his back on you. And that's what this, this, this passage, verse 27 it's telegraphing God's desire. God's desire for you. Verse 27, this is God's desire. This is, what, this is what this verse is proclaiming. It's prophetic. And this is what it says. It says, Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they camped there by the water. See, the numbers and the imageries mean something. We miss it because, because, we, we, because we're not ancient Jews. Even the place named Elam means something. It's a play on words. In fact, the, 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 
the English word that we use for God, in Hebrew, it's the word Elohim, right? Elohim means, it's a plural, it means spiritual beings. It means God, it could mean gods. Like, for instance, when we say, uh, the Lord is our God. In Hebrew, Yahweh is our Elohim. He's our Elohim. There's lots of Elohims out there, but Yahweh, he's our Elohim. And, and so this word, this, this powerful meaning of spiritual word, the shortened form of this is the word Aileen. Aileen. And in fact, what's really interesting is that when you look at the spelling of Aileen and the spelling of Elam, it's, it's exactly the same. Let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at this. It's fascinating. Can you see the Hebrew writings there for Elam? In fact, the way you pronounce Elam in Hebrew is Elam. Elam. That's how we say it. It means palms. And then you can see this word Aileen, which means God, which means spiritual beings. It's about exactly the same. The only difference is there's a yod before the last letter. Remember, for Hebrew, you, we re, we, you read from left to right. And just before the last letter is a yod. And it changes the word to Aileen. Aileen meaning, meaning um, spiritual being. And so for an ancient Hebrew reader, they're reading this and they can see the play on word. That this here, this is God's abode. This is where God lives. This is Eden. It's right there before us. They come to God's abode. They come to the place. God brings them out of chaos and brings it to where he wants them. This is God's desire to dwell with them. Brings them to Elam to dwell with them. In fact, when God appears to the patriarchs in Genesis, to Abraham, to, to Jacob, to Isaac, he always appears to them by a tree. Tree represents divine encounters. Water represents the presence of God. The presence, the presence of God that flows out of the temple through uh, Ezekiel's uh, visions. Represents, water represents the uh, presence of God. So this tree and, and water symbolizes the encounters, of divine encounter with God. So then when we get to, this, to the number 70, for ancient readers that looked at number 70, it means the nations of the world. Because this is what we read in Genesis chapter 10. In Genesis chapter 10, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a list of all the nations descended from Noah. And there's 70 nations there. That is Genesis chapter 10. What do we find in Genesis chapter 11? The nations rebel against God. In fact, they give God the finger, saying, hey, you know what? We still want to define what's good and evil in our own eyes. We're not going to do what you're going to tell us. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to build a tower called um, Babel, and, it's going to go as, and we want to put his head in the clouds. Because we want to be head over our own destiny. And humanity turns their back on God. The nations of the world turns their back on God. Rebel against them again. Humanity may have turned their back on God, but God never turns his back on humanity. Because this is what we find in the very next chapter, chapter 12. What do we find? God calls out a man by the name of Abraham. Abram. And he changed his name to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, through you, the nations of the world will be blessed. And God enacts a plan of redemption, of reconciliation of the nations, that the nations will one day come back. And I'm going to do it through you, Abraham, and through your children's children. And through Abraham comes the 12 tribes of Israel. And through the 12 tribes of Israel comes the salvation of the world, Jesus Christ. And God begins to enact a plan of reconciliation. And through Abraham, the nations will be reclaimed again. The blessings back to God. So what is, what is Elam a picture of? Twelve represents Israel. So the ancient Israelite will be reading this passage, and they see Elam. Oh, it's Elim. This is the place where God dwells. This is God's abode. Oh, yes, there we are, twelve. We're twelve springs. There, there we are. Oh, right, the seventy. 
God has not forget, forgotten the nations. That one day God will bring back again all the nations because God's family comes from every tribe, every tongue of the world. That is God's family. Every nation is part of God's family. And God will, will once again reclaim that. So Exodus chapter 15, verse 27 It's a powerful passage because it telegraphs God's heart, God's desire. His desire is for His family to dwell with Him. Even though they turn their backs on Him. So what does that mean for us? What does this passage mean for us? It means that if you have ever turned your back on God, if you have ever rebelled against Him, if you have ever walked away from Him, God will never give up on you. God will be watching, just like the story of the prodigal son, about the son coming back and the father's watching and waiting. And the father runs to his son. The Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Because God's desire, there's no B, when humanity rebelled against God, there was no B plan. You were always plan A. You are his desire. He will never give up on you. He loves you so much that he stepped into his own creation. He binded himself in flesh and in the fullness of Jesus Christ, he dies on the cross for all your sins, for so your, all your greatest regrets. Everything that you could have changed and everything that you've done and you wish nobody knew, the thing that keeps you up at night, the thing that keeps nagging at you, he died to set you free from all of those things. To wipe the slate clean. Because you wish you could go back and change it, but you can't. The good news is that He can. Because He never stops working on your behalf. He never stops. He has no rival. Because He loves you. And that's why in Exodus chapter 15, verse 17, that's why they wind up at Elam. Because when you draw near to God, you're going to wind up with God. You're going to wind up in God's house. You're going to wind up at God's home. That's what Elam means, God's abode, to dwell with Him. Which is why Elam, the word Elam is such a fitting name for a church whose aim is to bring a message of refreshing, renewal, and healing through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Elam has always been a place of resting, a place of refreshment, a place of reconciliation. You know, 18 years ago, I always share this because, because this is part of our story and part of our Elam story. You know, when we first moved to Hamilton from Auckland, we are struggling. Struggling in every aspect. That all changed when we encountered God at Elam. And He led us besides quiet waters, refreshing waters. And He began to restore our family. See, I may have given up on God, but God had never given up on our family. And in 2004, God welcomed us home. 
because this is our home. This is our family. We got married in this church in the end of 2005, and a year later in 2006, Pastor Bob Lawson knocks on our door, and he asks if I would like to become an intern. My first question to him was, how much do interns get paid? <laughs> then I realized what he was asking me to do, to resign from my job and become a student, go to Bible college. And me and Porter, we felt this is what God is calling us to do, so we do that. And as I did, I didn't realize at that time that Porter was pregnant with our seventh child. At the end of 2007, we became the youth pastors. And the reason why we became the youth pastors is because the current youth pastor resigned. We became youth pastors by accident. Then in 2011, we became the assistant pastor. The reason being is because the current assistant pastor resigned. Then in 2016, we became the senior pastor. Why? Because the current senior pastor resigned. We became pastors by accident. That's what I love to say. I'm the accidental pastor. But someone said to me, no, that's not true. God moved you. God moved people to get you right where you needed to be. And it all started with an encounter at Elam. See, God is inviting you to dwell with Him. He's inviting you to encounter His presence. You may be in this room thinking to yourself, well, oh, that sounds really nice, but you don't realize what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. I know what God can do in your life today. That's what I know. Regardless of what you did last night, Regardless of what you did this morning, God will continue to work on your behalf.